Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. Reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. Boom! What's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Rob, and I'm creeping it real. And we're back. We back after, in the house. After a week of escapades. Yeah, it's it's been eventful. I will say that. And um, it's good to be back. It's good to yeah. be back. Yeah. It's been, at least we didn't <laughs> miss an episode in the first year. That's true. That's exactly true. I feel like we year. did a good run. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, I think we deserve one uh, week. One week break. One week of, of break. And if you disagree we don't care. fight me yeah <laughs> <laughs> not figuratively like literally like, fight me literally come to new hampshire yeah. and fight him don't fight me yeah it's, you can't fight me yeah you don't want to fight me <laughs> <laughs> so this is gonna be fun dude we're just gonna do a little bit of catching up and um... just some recap and and i want to hear a bunch of stories oh. from your trip oh there I are saw... there are stories all right <laughs> it's your boy it's your boy <laughs> it's your boy <laughs> <laughs> coming in hot <laughs> uh i hope you guys are all as entertained as we uh, are. oh boy okay uh so for everybody who who might not know yeah where did you go i went to detroit uh or the detroit area i'll say it's just easier to tell people you're going to detroit when you're going to michigan my shigan yeah michigan um yeah so i was supposed to be out there for a bunch of music work that ended up getting canceled because uh no just because the artist had a discrepancy with the studio oh so i didn't know that yep so that was a thing so thank god brian barchek lives in michigan also so i was able to know him to spend some time over dude you know brian barchek i do damn believe it or not (laughs) uh so i got to spend some time with brian barchek that was fun and uh, and Rob was in a different time zone. I was. I went to a. Comp- I went to the other side of the country. It's, it's crazy true. because my connector flight was from Boston Logan, which is in Massachusetts. I went to Los Angeles, LAX, and then to Las Vegas, and that's where I met up with everybody. Was in Las Vegas. And they're like, where are you right now? And I was like, well, I'm at LAX. And they're like, you overshot. You went too far. And I was like, I <laughs> I know. Because it was like an hour layover or something. Hour oh, and a half in, in LAX. So that was interesting. Did you buy anything in LAX? No. Good. No, that I don't. It would have been very expensive. I don't do that. I and looked I, at all the things. I know from experience. <laughs> yeah. It's very expensive. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, but okay. you didn't go. You you didn't just go out there by yourself. No. So we had to we had to keep things interesting. So uh, I brought Lucas Cobra Keeper Junior with me um, out there, and uh, I was also going to take him to the studio sessions because uh, he plays piano and stuff. You're put a feature. But uh, yeah, I was going to put a feature. He was going to spit some hot fire. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So uh, luckily. Like I said, we were able to hang out with uh, with Brian for a few days and uh, and just kind of hang out. We did the podcast with him. Um, we filmed the vlog. Um, it was just a great time. Brian's wonderful. I've known Brian since 2008, 2009. Um, 
and he's always been uh wonderful to me um i first went i it's it's always crazy because i first went out to his place in 2011 and uh, that was when he still had his big warehouse Mm -hmm. where he was like just breeding snakes and like that was it and uh i remember that week that i spent out there very vividly (laughs) like every moment every moment well you know what the craziest thing was you you go that you went there and you walk right into the offices Mm -hmm. the little foyer of the offices and then you go into one door and suddenly it's like boom snakes snakes everywhere and uh you're like well shit oh damn (laughs) this is a lot of snakes um so uh since opening the reptarium he's obviously downsized a lot and uh you know, I was out there just a few months ago with with uh, Will and Summer, um, and even from that point, things had changed. Um, different animals that he had gotten in on exhibit and uh, different stuff he's got going on at BHB. So it was just super cool to uh, to hang with him. You know, like I said, we did the podcast, which is super cool. I got to remember uh, why I felt so bad when we had Cusco and Garrett Hartle do our podcast because uh we don't have the brian barcheck table uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, we do have a couch now though we do hey. have a couch oh. it's true <laughs> yeah you but, know it's, uh, it's a sin dude i've known brian for almost 15 years i've never been to any of his place places i've never oh my been God, out to michigan go, dude i've never been to michigan go. we're gonna go yeah we're i do want to go. go really bad though <laughs> I, just, I really think you would you would enjoy it seriously taking time off for me is always like is stressful yeah yeah uh it's still worth it though and i mean brian's such a nice guy i love brian you know he he really is such a wonderful guy and uh it's awesome it's always awesome to hear because he always has a million and one things going on and he's doing a million and one things so um he's always thinking forward which i certainly respect about him uh so he, one of the new things that he's doing is uh, reptile fatheads what giant, is that giant stickers like giant like stickers for like your wall they're called fat heads oh yeah i didn't know that yeah so he's doing these fat heads of uh all like the major ambassador animals of the reptile. Well, that's cool you that's know. cool you get a perdita fat head exactly that's i don't like, like the mass- name fat head it would like it's like the size of the couch oh yeah that's like the cool. length of the couch that's not, pretty cool i need a janet i need a janet one absolutely well so that was one of the things he was talking about was being able to like upload your own photo through, you know, yeah. So there's some cool stuff. Jana. Yeah. A I'm big Jana. A big, everyone has a big, big Jana sticker Absol- in the living room. Absolutely. Maybe that's how Chuzu gets a baby <laughs> sticker from Jana. You're going to have to have a full wall sticker of Jana in your house. Yes. And then, then yes. you can get added to the wait list of people <laughs> who are then allowed to add an application baby. to get a Jana baby. <laughs> Not even to guaranteed get one, oh, no, no, just no. to no, no. just to be, be able considered. to submit the application yeah. for consideration. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. But uh, but yeah. So it was great. Um, Lucas had a great time. Um, and uh, and then of course my friends uh, Lenny and Andrea and Tyrone met us uh, met us up there uh, a few days later, which was great. Um, they'd never never been out there, so I, I showed them around a bit. Um, and we also took a detour uh to indiana to visit 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 to visit to fidget (laughs) it's been a long day guys um to visit stephen cush and uh and desiree and that was amazing absolutely amazing and uh rob 
Rob needs oh, to go jealous. to the Scrub Wonderland. Oh yeah. <laughs> it so was many scrubs. Yeah, there's a lot of scrub pythons. I'm not even like I like scrub pythons. They they are absolutely amazing snakes. I don't know if I'd ever own one. Rob was probably going to let me raise some stuff up because, you know, he doesn't have room for the million scrub pythons he wants. <laughs> I'll let you leave short tails. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. It's fine. It's a little something. But anyway, um, he's just, he, you got to go. You absolutely got to go because there's yeah, so many yeah. amazing scrub pythons. And I know I certainly appreciated it, but I know Rob would appreciate it a thousand times more mm-hmm. just because of how dedicated he is to scrub pythons. Yes. So, but it was absolutely wonderful. It was so massive shout out to, uh, to Brian and Desiree and Steve, Steve. Yeah. uh, for, uh, for just hanging out with us. And, uh, if you were hanging out with, uh, with us this is going to be an epic insider for just that group of people hashtag the big nasty oh just <laughs> just there you go that's that <laughs> oh the big nasty i'm afraid but <laughs> oh man i've been but, on the internet yeah yeah don't go don't google the big nasty that would be a bad idea, a bad idea. yeah that'd be a bad idea but if you were there that's a shout out to everybody who was there <laughs> I'm just saying the big nasty was good. That's all I'm saying. But uh but yeah, so it was amazing. I'm very excited to see uh the all the the continued upgrades and renovations that uh Steve and Des are are doing over there. Um uh, they were showing showing us uh some of the upgraded monitor spaces and uh the upgraded crocodilian enclosures that uh that they're working on right now. It's and the uh the python building that's currently under construction. It's going to be it's been really cool watching the updates. Like honestly, yeah. between Steven and Desiree, just watching as the enclosures get you know squared out, and as yes. they're adding different layers to things, it's been really cool to watch all of that uh, develop. I'm really excited to see as that comes together how it looks. Absolutely, they just got in a couple of uh, a couple of new cages mm-hmm. for some of the scrubs. Steve oh, was, I saw that. Yeah, was posting that, and I was like, Instagram. yeah, that looks pretty badass. Hell yeah, yeah. So. I cannot wait to have my scrubs in some big closure absolutely uh, absolutely but yeah so there's there's just exciting it ma- it just know. made me more excited to continue to watch what's going on mm-hmm. with steve and des because like seeing like exactly what you were saying seeing the updates has been really awesome but then having been there talking with them kind of getting the vision in my own head of what they're trying to accomplish now seeing it you're like yes it's it's happening oh, it's oh, happening yeah. <laughs> so absolutely absolutely awesome and same same with uh with with brian you know he's 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 working on the reptarium 3.0 and Mm 4.0 uh which includes moving some stuff from bhb around i think he's considering downsizing even a little bit more uh and then where bhb is that is going to get blown out into reptarium 3.0 and then reptarium 4.0 is a second story being added to the building a second level being added to the building oh my goodness yeah and uh it'll be the entire size of the building and it's going to be all uh aquatic stuff like an aquarium pretty much yep stingray Mm -hmm. stuff uh he's he i don't know if he's still thinking about it but he was talking about otters he was talking about otters for a while i don't know if lori's gonna go for otters but i think if if each year go for floors if each floor had one mammal I think it'd be okay. You yeah. got Drogo, 
it was okay. It was really cool sloth? to hang with the sloth. Yeah. I'm just saying, especially after me and Will and Summer and everybody was there put all of that time and effort into making that ceiling happen. Oh yeah. And it's a bad, I just, I'm just saying it's a badass ceiling in that sloth. Enclosure. <laughs> uh, but after doing that, they were leaving to go get Drogo like our last day that we were there so i was like oh man i don't even get to see i did all this work and i don't even get to see the damn thing so to be able to go in there and hang out with drogo that was that was awesome sloths i never in a million years would have thought i would have gotten that close to be able to interact with a sloth it was very unique it's it's a very interesting feeling Mm -hmm. uh but the coolest thing you gotta ask to see the sloth's ears Got like these little tiny ears yeah, like tucked, like, tucked into its, its little like it's like imagine my earlobe just like attached Pink. yeah as the ear and it's like hidden under all this ridiculous coarse no hair. no that makes me uncomfortable i don't know <laughs> mammals aren't really my jam so yeah i, uh, I, I mean know. me either it, it was just weird it's one of those mammals like oh this is weird yeah. Well, yes, but also like it's one of those things that you you see at a zoo or you see on TV. Yeah. It's never really anything you expect to be able to like pet one day touch, or yeah. like yeah. It's it was yeah. I did absolutely a, wonderful. One of the times that I went to Tinley afterwards because I was there for like a couple extra days. I went to the Shed Aquarium and they have this thing where you can do a um, a penguin encounter. Oh yes. Where you can hang out with a penguin for like twenty or thirty minutes or something. Yes. It was like a hundred dollars a person or something ridiculous like that, and um, I was and you did it. I did yeah. it for, for the person I was dating at the time, which like I never would have done it otherwise. Um, yeah. But literally, <laughs> I was like, okay, we're gonna interact with this penguin, and they're like, you can take two fingers and pet the penguin down the back, and like it came like right over to me, and I was like, oh my god, here comes this freaking thing. So I take my fingers and I pet it, and I was like, what, like. It, it was not expected directly down on the penguin in front of me. And like my eyes went dark and I was like, what's going on right now? I don't understand. And it was like, your fingers have now touched the softest thing they've ever felt in their lifetime. You like penguins, don't you, Rob? It was weird. <laughs> I was expecting it to be rubbery. Like, I don't know why. Like, I was expecting it to be like coarse and rubbery. It was the softest thing I've ever touched. I've never since then. I've never touched a anything that is as soft as a penguin <laughs> that's actually pretty epic it is it's crazy and i was like wow and i pet it again and i was like this thing's really soft how does it why is it so soft and they're like oh well the feathers on top like wick water and they're designed to like with the surface area and i was like oh my goodness that is the softest thing i've ever touched in my life <laughs> i don't i still to this day i've never touched anything as soft and i don't think i ever will touch anything as soft as a penguin, as a penguin. that's pretty epic it's weird that's absolutely pretty weird epic. but just weird yeah it is a little weird the sloth was weird yeah the the coolest part so i did an instagram live while i was inside drogo's enclosure and uh i would get my phone probably within like a foot and a half of him just to like and it, he would like try to like come in to the phone and uh and a couple a couple times he just like one arm would just like release the ceiling and reach out to grab my phone <laughs> he's like, but first, and I'm like let me take a selfie yeah and i'm like no 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 <laughs> uh weirdest thing though was uh jay little jay had drogo out one day and like they put him on the ground mm watching a sloth walk on the ground that makes you uncomfortable that 
It's straight out of a That's horror movie. Straight out of a horror movie. Yeah. Like yeah. legit. If you turned, yeah, like they are so not designed for they that whatsoever. But if you literally turned all the lights off at of the Reptarium and then put like some like, I don't know, very dimly lit like colored light, mm-hmm. and then you just saw that red creeping see... forward. <laughs> yeah, you you lose your mind. Even if you knew what it was, even if you're like, oh yeah, it's Drogo, you'd still you'd be, be like, like I, it's a sloth, and I, he's here to murder me. Yeah, I don't need to be near this. <laughs> it was very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, it was a super cool experience. Um, I also geeked out over Brian's Colubrids. Um, but uh, yeah, that I, Brian's always had amazing Colubrids. So uh, I always stare at that stuff when I uh, get the chance. Um, so Wait, we you looked at Colubrids. Did, did yeah. you get? Did you get any Colubrids up, while you were, were out there? We're not talking about what I did or did not purchase. Okay, okay. I was just, I was just curious. I was just, you know, asking for for the audience. They don't need to know. <laughs> I might have bought in a couple things, you know. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was super cool, and that that was one of the other other fun things with uh, with Lucas and and everybody that came up with me was uh, getting to go over to BHB because BHB is not open to the public. Mm. It's just like nerd; it's not open to the public. But uh, if you if you know who you know, you can get in. Uh, and there were a couple a couple days. Brian was actually out of town, so I just hijacked his keys and we just messed with everything. Played with stuff. Yeah, maybe move some things. <gasps> No, we didn't move anything oh. because because if we move something, it, Brian, I'm not concerned about. It's freaking Lori mm. that I'm the most concerned about. I love Lori to death. When she is in the building, she's in work mode. Mm-hmm. Like doesn't matter what the hell is going on, and uh, you don't mess with with a work mode Lori. No, you just you just don't. Nah, like at all unless you have a thing for dying or uh being yelled at having your knees broken yes and your elbows and all your fingers like simultaneously it's like one look and it all breaks it just all breaks and you're just on the ground and you're whippering and then speedy comes over and shits on you (laughs) Speedy is a sulcata tortoise. (laughs) And then tramples you and just continues along his way, makes his rounds. Yeah, makes his rounds and then comes back and does it again to you. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. Also, uh, I just got to shout out Bruce and Jessica from the reptarium love you guys we love you and it was bruce's birthday while you were out there it was bruce's birthday he came he came with lucas and i to see steven des and we we had a great time it was absolutely wonderful and you pinched his butt i did rob made me pinch his butt so i did that i did it and and yeah he made me virtually do it. from far away yes <laughs> um but yeah shout out to them shout out to mike uh one of the new employees over at the reptarium uh because he was our our person our interface person um while we were there and he was absolutely wonderful uh just kind of whatever we needed he was like right there uh to to help us along the way so thank you mike and uh jay the edutainer thank you for being sarcastic and witty i appreciate that a lot i still have terrible memes to send you (laughs) 
Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, so that was kind of like the synopsis of, uh, of my trip. Uh, Rob now has, uh, has ventured to lands far, far away that are often considered unhabitable. Yeah. Habitable, I mean, habitable. if, if, uh, if you got lost in any of the places where I was, You're you would die. Yeah, yeah. You die. You die. That's pretty much all boiled down to. So I ended up going to Utah and doing some field herping because I love field herping and getting out in the yes. wild and just experiencing reptiles in their natural habitat. And like, it's, it's, I don't know if it's from like when I love Pokemon. I mean, I liked I liked snakes before I liked Pokemon, but that thing of Pokemon where you're like walking through the glass and all the grass, and then all of a sudden, boom, a Pokemon shows up, and it's like, <laughs> do 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 do. Yeah, so that's basically what it was like, and um, I really I enjoy seeing different species out in the wild, see the different habitats that they, uh, you know, partake in, and then this trip i also so i've been talking to a couple of the people who were involved in this trip for a while and i was like oh man i gotta bring a temp gun i gotta bring a temp gun i gotta bring a temp gun so <laughs> that i can check the temps of the animals and the environment that they're in because it always like blows my mind that in the desert that there's you know all these things that live in a you know generally a habitat that you would not consider you know, welcoming to living things, you know, gra <laughs> ground temp during the day in most of the places where we were at. Um, if it was in the sun, not in the shade, if it was in the sun, ground temps were between 115 and 127 degrees. Jesus. Yeah. That's consistently pretty hot. like consistently That's pretty hot. <laughs> uh, between, you know, 115 and 125 degrees or 127 Jeez. degrees. And then, in the shade on those same in the same area like literally what i would do is when i would find something i'd be like okay where is it hanging out at i'll temp gun the animal temp, temp gun the hot area like someplace to sit in the sun and then in the shade and wherever they were generally located so like we went to this spot where we saw desert tortoises we went really you know fairly early in the morning as the sun is really starting to come up into the sky and it's still a little bit cool in the air mm -hmm. you know it might have been like 80 degrees out you know, air temp, but the first tortoise that we found, I temp gun it's, its body was sitting at like 81, 82 degrees, but it was sitting right out in the middle of the sun and the, the sand was at about 90 degrees. And so I'm like, okay, it's starting to heat up in the morning. Cool. Same, same thing with the next couple ones after that, they were like between like 82 and 88 degrees, but they were sitting out in the sun, like right out in the open. You were yeah. just like walking around the trail and then boom, there's a tortoise right there. <laughs> and as we were getting towards the end of our hike, you know, two hours later or so, um, we started to see the tortoises, but they are sitting in the shade, like in mm. the shaded areas. Like they got these small shrubs in their shade and they would be right behind the shrub in the shade. And so I temp on the animal and the animal is sitting at about 89 degrees, between 88 and 90 degrees. Their body temp is sitting there. And then the shade, the sand in the shade and the general area in the shade mm -hmm. was generally about 76 degrees, which is wild. Like 76 degrees is pretty cold yeah, um, for the desert. Yeah, because I literally <laughs> it would be like, OK, so the brush is right in front of me and then uh, the sand and the sun is right off the side. Mm -hmm. So the tortoise is sitting in the shade. I temp gun the tortoise is 89. The sand itself is at 76. And then I go six inches to the right. Temp on the sand, and it is at 115 degrees. Jesus. Almost a, what is that, 50-degree difference 
between yeah, six inches from where the tortoise is and where it was where it could have been. That's crazy. It was ridiculous. And I saw that consistently, like absolutely consistently with a lot of the things that we found. It was like if we found it during the daytime, it was either sitting in the shade when it was hot or it would be out in the open when it was in the morning. Yeah. And that really is freaking crazy. It was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And, um, you know, when I first got there and I I was like so excited about this tent that I'm like, oh, I'm going to test all this stuff. (laughs) And everyone's like making fun of me. They're like, oh, my God. Like, what are you doing? what are you doing what are you doing like really you're gonna do that because i was just like walking around like just even when we didn't see stuff i was just like what's the temperature here what's the temperature there what's the temperature there what's the temperature there because like it's one thing of like i know a lot of people who when they are keeping an animal they'll like research where it comes from and then they'll set their thermostat to be like whatever the temperature is where that animal's from Mm -hmm. and if you did that for these deserts you know you'd be keeping your desert tortoise at 110 degrees or something ridiculous like that (laughs) and and when you saw what the tortoises were actually doing it was they were sitting at about 88 degrees um and they were trying they would thermoregulate to keep them right there uh, if yeah. it was early and this it was colder outside they'd sit in the sun until they got to that 88 degrees if it was hot then they would go into the shade and try and keep it that 88 degree temperature and it's crazy it's crazy cuz you you found that to be the same like across the board all on the all the tortoises yeah. that's that's really crazy yeah. that they like as a as a species at least that part of that population was like yep this is what i want to be degrees. perfect and it was like because <laughs> at the beginning we were seeing like bigger tortoises you know mm-hmm. they get like what 14 inches or something like that you know yeah. not a, not a giant tortoise but really good size and then towards the end we were finding like little tiny ones like maybe mm-hmm. five to seven inches uh carapace length and like very consistently with all the ones that we found, whether they were small or big, they were all sitting right or, or they were trying to get right to about that 88 degree temperature. That's crazy. Yeah. Really wild. Nature. And so, so we were out there with a few other people. So, uh, I, the people I know who live out there, Chris Allen Jensen and Aspen Mahan, uh, those guys go field herping out there all the time. They're just like cruising and hiking and, you know, doing all like at least like a couple times a week, they're out there field herping. That's awesome. But, a bunch of us came together and decided to do this trip and uh, I kind of got tacked on. So this wasn't my trip initially. This was somebody else's trip. And then they were like, Hey Rob, do you want to come on this trip? There's a couple of people who you're friends with and you might want to come and do this. And I was like, hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, one of the people being Keith McPeak, which is like, absolutely blows my mind because, you know, Keith was like one of the first guys to do Borneos and, and really like, you know, quote unquote proved out a bunch of the Borneo morphs, like the ghost and, marble and a lot of that stuff and so you know i really look up to keith quite a bit um one of the other people that came was matt minatola who's like the biggest borneo breeder on the planet currently and you can't get better than that when it comes to borneos so like just between those two guys i was like yes i'm in i'll buy buy my ticket already i'm I'm in (laughs) i'm cool let's do this Like, all I said was hi. Uh, yeah, I know, yeah (laughs) um and so uh keith's wife Teresa came and uh, me Keith and Teresa have known each other for quite a while now, probably over 12 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of when, probably closer to 15 years, like right around there. So as long as I've known Brian. Yeah. Um, and because Keith used to vend the White Plains show, and I used to go to the right White Plains show religiously, like every time I yeah. wake up at 
stupid o'clock in the morning and drag all my friends into the car and drive five hours, four hours, four and a half hours to the White Plains <laughs> show, stay there all day and then drive back. Absolutely. Um, but Keith would vent there occasionally. And, uh, you know, I was, I, I've always been into the bloods and short tails. So it was so weird. I'd be like walking around, like looking at ball python, ball python, corn snake, tarantulas, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I come to this little display and it's like all bloods. And I was like, Hey, hold on a second here. Who's got all these blood pythons? <laughs> Boom is Keith behind the table with his family. And so, you know, I bring him cupcakes and everything. And so, cupcakes. Uh, you know, so it was Keith, Teresa, Matt Minatola. Um, and then they were like, oh, you know, Justin Julander is going to be there. And I was like, what? That's pretty awesome. That's wild. <laughs> That's so crazy to me. And then, so I, we had Chris Allen Jensen who was showing us around. And then we had uh, Aspen Mahan who was showing us around. And then Nick Scally was the guy who kind of, scoop me on the invite to get in um and he's from up up by us so he's mm-hmm. you know he's local to us so we basically coordinated to almost fly together and uh and travel together to get out there and then lon dykesler and sage quiggle hell yeah so he's like awesome field herper out towards nevada and man oh man what a time what a time let me tell you man (laughs) that was something else it was just a whole experience from start to finish it was interesting there couldn't be many laughs though because it's not like those guys are they're not funny oh (sighs) oh my goodness (laughs) let me tell you there was a lot of debauchery going on debauchery debauchery (laughs) there was some things going on so we we got an airbnb and so we all kind of stayed at the same uh spot and uh, it was like a brand new house on this road and the, the couple of videos i saw i was like this is a nice is a nice, nice house nice it's a really place, nice guys. house it's it so roughing it out in the desert no no not at all <laughs> not at all and like you know when i thought about like oh i'll go out there we'll rent the hotel blah 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 and it's like a bunch of people no 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 they coordinated they did this the right way they rented a house it ended up being less expensive than staying at a hotel oh yeah and we got like these nice beds and they had a hot tub and a full kitchen and like every amenity you could possibly want a nice big couch giant living room and everything it was just great it was awesome i was very excited for that but literally (laughs) as soon as we got into because we we landed in vegas and then we traveled from vegas to utah because we were south field herping southwest utah Mm -hmm. and how far was that commute two and a half hours it's not terrible yeah two and a half almost three hours i think it's not terrible. Not horrendous. I mean, it was it was a little bit of a hike, but the scenery out there is just gorgeous from the you know, the red sand and the red rock and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, basically looks like the Grand Canyon everywhere you go. <laughs> and so it was it was really cool to do that. And you know, I, I've been to Arizona once before. Um, I had gone with my mom and she was kind of more wanting to do the sightseeing thing and i am a strictly i'm not a fun person to go on vacation with i'm just gonna throw this out there if you're like oh man it would be so cool to like hang out and go on vacation with rob it, it's not it's really not unless you are like the most diehard all i'm gonna do is reptiles 24 7 then you might be okay with it but aside from that you're just gonna be like wow does he ever stop does he just does he even do anything besides <laughs> reptiles? Because there was a couple times where they were we were like, oh man, I think we're getting kind of tired. Maybe we should turn in. And I'm like, we should do one more round. Like let's just 
go up and down oh, like road you were cruise that the road. Guy. Just one more time you before were we that head back. Guy. I am that guy. Damn. I was like, man, any I just I'm only here for five days. I got a limited amount of time. <laughs> I don't really need to sleep. Let's do this. Let's do this. So um even just the first day when we when we got to the Airbnb, when we got to the house that we were staying at, um, everyone's like, Oh, we're gonna like relax and like check out the hot tub and like you know do this and that the other thing and i was like okay you guys do that i'm gonna go hike for real quick and i saw like uh on the road that we were staying at it was all brand new houses that had just been made and then a lot of them weren't even finished they were like just foundations and like framework for houses but behind those houses that are across the street from us there was like a little uh dried gully area and so i just like walked all the way up and down that and it took probably like an hour and a half or two hours or something so while everybody was else was getting settled into the house i was out there already looking for lizards or whatever i can find out there just being robbed just being robbed you know (laughs) looking for things and i saw some lizards that you know there's there's a variety of different lizards that you can see out there you know for everything from like uh zebra tail lizards to uh leopard lizards to i'm trying to think uh the scoloporus the spiny lizards Mm -hmm. fence lizards all that sort of stuff you can find out there already mm. badass for like new englanders that have oh, no yeah. lizards no lizards yeah <laughs> where we're from there are zero lizards that you can find you can find salamanders or snakes that's yeah it. that's it no lizards. And turtles and yeah. turtles <laughs> uh no lizards at all so you know even just seeing some of the lizards that were out there i was pretty pumped side blotch lizards uh sagebrush lizards oh, and things yeah. like that i was just like excited <laughs> to see all that sort of stuff and so um you know we went shopping real quick and it's so weird because like out there nobody was wearing masks and, and it, it was like covid never happened there's just nobody cared yeah. at all and i was like wearing masks in the place and people were all looking at me sideways and i'm like i know i don't know it's okay it's okay <laughs> it's okay the mask is not gonna hurt you i promise <laughs> um <laughs> so it's so funny because as we're sitting down and, and talking at the end of the night you know we're er let me rephrase before we went out for the night. Cause we went out to like do a little bit of hiking the first night. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, Oh, well, we might see like some sidewinders. We might see some like horn lizards. We might see some desert tortoises and stuff like that. And so we're like walking around and we see a couple like spiny lizards and things like that. And I was like, man, I, you know, I, I got all these ideas of stuff that I want to see while I'm out here. And they're like, Oh, well, these are some things that we usually see all the time. We usually always see like some sort of coach whip. Mm-hmm. We usually see, uh, Pituophis, so go for snakes. We usually see sidewinders. We usually see the Great Basin rattlesnakes and Mojave rattlesnakes um, pretty consistently. The tortoises, we know spots where you can see them. And the uh, horn lizards, you we generally have spots where we know we can see them. And of those things, we saw like one horn lizard and then the tortoises. Oof. We saw lots of tortoises. And then we saw one dead gopher snake. All the stuff that they were like, oh, we see these all the time. We didn't see any of those species <laughs> at all. We didn't see any of them. Um, and the, except for, let me let me rephrase that, the uh, Cretalus lutosis, Great Basin rattlesnake. We saw a bunch of those. We saw four babies the first night and then one big adult the third day, I think. Mm-hmm. And then a baby that night too as well. But we saw, we saw, so we saw a bunch of those ones, but all the other common species, we didn't see any of them. We saw one horned lizard the first day. So the first day that we're, we're out there, we're going hiking right before, you know, sundown. We're in this little area and they're like, oh, you might see Gila monsters here. You might see, you know, sidewinders and this and that and the other thing. 
and we're walking around and we're not seeing anything, you know, just like side blotch lizards, which are like small, really common lizards. You see them everywhere, like mm. literally everywhere. <clears throat> basically so, in the whole, but basically for the, for in the, the West side of the country. The West coast. Yeah. <laughs> and so we are walking around walking around and walking around, walking around and we're like, okay, we're going to head toward back towards the car. And so I crossed over to a different area and it was blocked off by barbed wire fence. And I was like, oh crap, I'm in the wrong area. Damn it. <laughs> and so I'm like watching all of them walking back towards the car. And I'm like, shit, I got to do something about this fence. So I found an area where the dune had dipped below, like the sand had blown away underneath the fence. And so I like dipped underneath the fence right there and I start walking. And all of a sudden I see this like pile of sand at the edge of this bush. And I'm like, oh, that looks like a burrow right there. And I turn around and I look underneath the, the bush and boom, there's a desert tortoise there. And I'm like, oh, boom tortoise we got a tortoise here and that was the first like thing that we saw yeah and so they all come over and we're all like standing around they're photographing it and they're just like talking about oh well you know she it had just started digging the burrow it wasn't very deep and i could see the back end of their sh the tortoise's shell and as we're sitting there standing and talking the tortoise like starts like moving back and forth and we're like what the hell is it doing what's going on right now it turned around and like looked at us and was like what are you doing <laughs> what and it like just stared at us for like 10 minutes and then it was like oh you're boring and like turned back around and went back to digging and so we're standing around talking and everything we're just like oh man it's so cool blah blah, blah. you know it's temp gonna ch checking the temps and everything and all of a sudden lon is like oh because he, he's he likes to smoke cigars yeah so he was smoking a cigar and he like walked off a little bit and he's like, oh, oh, hold on. And he's like holding the one hand up with the cigar. And he's like dipping down onto the ground. And I was like, oh, he found something. And all of a sudden he pops up with this little horn lizard. Um, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I probably walked right by Past that it. thing. I was too <laughs> focused on the tortoise to even realize that there was a little horn lizard there. But the area where we found that, it was like all red sand and red rock. Mm -hmm. So this thing was like pink red and it has like this short crown of spikes. And the, the sides in the back look kind of similar to a bearded dragon where it's like got the fringe spikes on the sides and very coarse texture down the back. But it's like a little itty bitty. The thing was like maybe three and a half, four inches long total, crazy. total length. Yeah. And so we were just like, oh, man, this thing's so cool. So we were like super geeked up about that. And we're just like, you know, talking about the tortoise and the horn lizard and oh man okay cool and the sun is just starting to set we're like okay we got to get out of here before <laughs> before yeah, right. the sun completely sets because right. we got to find our way back to the the cars you know we weren't that far away from the cars but we got to go far back. enough we were far enough <laughs> away where i hadn't brought my flashlight with me and that was a bad choice so we go back to the cars and we're like okay we're gonna go road cruising so we all you know get all our light flashlights and get everything ready mm -hmm. and so we start going road cruising and we start finding these little uh, Great Basin rattlesnakes, the Crotalus uh, lutosis, and just little itty bitties. And so Aspen, the guy I was riding with, he likes to drive fast. So you can cover more space and you can see, you know, potentially see more things. But man, he's like trucking and I'm like looking around. I'm like, because I'm in the backseat and I'm like, I don't know if I can tell if, when we're going to. And then all of a sudden, boom, the brakes hit and we pull off over to the side. He's like, oh, there was a rattlesnake right there. Whip it, whip it, turn a U-turn, uh, pull back around. And we, you know, we got snake hooks and everything. So we just like move them out of it because they're sitting right in the middle of the, the road. road. Yeah. Like, it's like. You know, when you think of herping, you, I don't think about like driving around because you drive around around here, you'll never see, see a, anything, a, yeah. a reptile on the road ever. Yeah. Um, but out there, it's very common to see them moving around across the road. And so, you know, 
we pull over to the side of the road get out the, the, with the hooks, pull the rattlesnake over, off the road to make sure it doesn't get hit by anyone. And then you know, I take my hat, put it over the top of it so we can just get a couple quick pictures of it real quick and then hop back in the car and get back on the road to, to start road cruising again. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt Matt's was riding with Sage and Chris, mm-hmm. and they found the first snake. They found a glossy snake. Like they're road cruising this lower area that has lots of water around there. And, um, and they found a glossy snake and we pulled up behind them and we're like, Oh, glossy snake is so cool. It's like (laughs) more uncommon, you know, not something I would expect to see. They're like, Oh no, we see them out here, you know, periodically, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, it was just so cool to see these snakes just, you know, I'm tempted on the, the, the road and the road is sitting at like 78 degrees or whatever. Sheesh. And their body's sitting at like 73, 74 degrees. <laughs> but when people think about like desert rattlesnakes, they think of like hot, Hundreds, really hot, yeah, yeah, you know, over 100 they're degrees. probably sitting at like 90, 95 degrees all the time. And it's like, no, they actually hid all day and then they <laughs> didn't come out until nighttime when it's like 70 degrees outside. So it was so weird because like even I think the lowest temp that I had for the ground around them was like 68 degrees and mm. that, but they were still out and moving around. And you don't think about like desert rattlesnake needs to be down to 65 degrees or whatever right, at nighttime. Right, right. Most people are just like, oh, I'll drop it down to 75. And that's really risking it. You know, it's just too dangerous. <laughs> but the animals themselves are out there at 68. Like, yeah, let's yeah. fucking let's now do some hunting. Yeah, yeah, let's let's hunt some things. <laughs> so that was like super interesting. And so the first night, um, Keith and Teresa ha- weren't there. They were flying out the next day. And so um, uh, the day that they came, we were like, okay, we're going to go actually looking for Gila monsters because that's like our target species. That's really what we had gone out there for. Mm -hmm. Um, Chris and Aspen kind of knew a spot where they're pretty sure we could see them, but they weren't 100% sure. There's been days where they go out there and they don't see anything. And so uh, once uh, they got there, we all like regrouped. Everybody gets together, you know, eat some food, and then we'll go out looking for for Gila monsters. And so we go out to the spot and we're hiking out there and just talking and looking at the habitat and you know, we're just bouncing ideas off of each other or where we think we're going to see them or what we expect, what kind of habitat we're expecting. Because, you know, when you see pictures in books, a lot of them are like stage where it's like, Oh, they like put it up on this rock where you can see the whole yeah, desert yeah, background yeah. and it's all sand and there's nothing there. And the area where we were at was actually like, pretty rocky like there's lots and lots of rocks there there's a little bit of sand but it's mostly rock like either hard rock um sandstone or you know sparse brush in the area so it's got a lot of cover in that area and so we're walking around and like taking a peek around and they're like oh you might see tortoises out here too you might see some lizards and stuff like that so we're just like looking around and everything and we're, we're starting to climb up this elevation and as we're getting to this one spot, they're like, okay, like just tread lightly when you get up here. This is usually a spot where we see them. So we're like looking around and there's a couple of us who are up there and a bunch of people are down on the lower area looking uh, more towards the washout area and, and where the, it's more Sandy. Like they're, ex- mm-hmm. they're expecting to see it down by the Sandy area. And yeah. I'm, I'm expecting to see it like higher in the Rocky area. And so um, we are looking around and I see this, rock like overhang 
And it's like, you know, there's only like maybe three inches gap at the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. But I look at that and I'm like, oh, man, that's a reptile spot right there. Like that's <laughs> if that if I was a heel monster, that's where I'd be hanging out. Yeah. And so I see it and I look over at Chris and Aspen and I'm like, that's the spot right there. And they're like, oh, you've got an eye for things like this. And I was like, <laughs> yes, because that, that's if I was a heel monster, that's where I'd be hanging out. And so they're like, just go real slow and like shine a flashlight up in there. And so I go over there, I get down on my hands and knees, and I take my flashlight and I shine it in there, and there's nothing in there. I went, ah, oh, crap. If that's, and they're like, this is the spot where we usually see them, like right up underneath this rock. And I was like, shit, there's no heel monster under there. Damn it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so maybe we won't see any heel monsters this trip. And so, uh, you know, we're, I'm climbing along the rocks, and what I'm noticing is in the area where we all the, the elevation is, there's lots of ground birds that have nests along the rocks or, you know, I'm seeing them take off right from the rocks, right up into the sky. So for first for me, I'm thinking, okay, like heel monsters, they eat eggs. They're going to be looking for these ground nests. It makes sense for them. They've got great coverage in here. It's awesome. Like, okay, cool. And so we're like walking around and there was, um, there were two dead tortoises up there that are like, you know, died of natural causes. And one of them had died several years ago because there's no meat or shell on the, the shell or mm. no meat or scales on the shell. It's just bone and it's like bleached from the sun. It's all oh, wow. white. And then a couple feet away, there's another dead tortoise there that probably died a year or so ago, maybe less. Um, it's still got a little bit of meat on its, its bones and a little bit of skin maybe, but most of it is starting to peel away. This, the scales are starting to come off of the shell. You can start to see the exposed shell and everything. Mm-hmm. And they're within like 10 feet of each other. And I'm like, man, this is like an elephant graveyard. There's just dead yeah, tortoises right. out here. So weird. And, um, so like, I'm sitting there just like thinking and looking and all up in this rocky area. And just like, man, what am I missing? I'm looking at this. I'm looking at that. And then all of a sudden I hear, from like way down the <laughs> the embankment way down the bottom like way over in the corner um in this sandy area and i was like oh crap and you just see everyone just start running taking off running over there yeah. and so i'm like oh my god there's so many rocks i'm just gonna like take my time to get over there so i'm like <laughs> you know striding but i'm not running to get out there um but i'm just you know trying to get there quickly because i don't want to miss it because if it's at the edge of a rock it's just going to slip under the rock and then that's right. it you're yeah, not going to be able to see it and they're protected out there so you can't touch them mm-hmm. so um you know we i get out there and we're just like all standing around and this thing is just like booking it's just moving and i don't know what it is man their body it was like very different than the ones I've seen in captivity. A lot of the ones in captivity I see, they look kind of like more stocky, more short. And this thing looked like an otter. It looks like you took it by the front and back legs and like stretched it it out. And it's got this like super long body. And the first one that we found was like, you could tell it looked like it hadn't eaten a little while. It was a little bit thin and maybe even a little bit dehydrated or whatever. Uh, One of the guys who was with us, um, he actually works with the park service and he does, um, monitoring of tortoises and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he was like, you know, taking pictures and, and coordinate, uh, coordinate, coordinate data mm-hmm. of where the animal was and you know, this, that, and the other thing, taking pictures of the pattern so we can match it up with some of the ones that they've got in their database. That's and, cool. Yeah. And so we're all standing around taking pictures and we're like looking at this heel monster and it's just so cool. And it's like, literally there's this big rock it's like probably four foot tall four and a half foot tall um with some brush around it and everything and the gila monsters climbing over towards the rock 
And I'm like, oh, it's just going to go like around the rock and then we'll take pictures on the other side. Nope. The thing just grabs, like just starts grabbing the rock and just climbs straight up this rock. Like it's nothing. And I was like, oh, oh I was not expecting you to do that <laughs> at all. That's really cool. And so it's up on this rock and we got a couple good pictures of it sitting out on the rock. And I was just like, wow, man, this thing is like versatile it, it can, that's like, crazy i was uh, kill monsters have decent claws but i wasn't expecting it to climb up you know it wasn't vertical but it was close to vertical for at least two and a half foot so it just like scaled this rock uh, all the way up to the top um and sat up there for a second and we're taking pictures and everything and then it went back down the other side and and down into the sand and we got some pictures of it in the sand which is like super super cool hell yeah and dude. so we're all like all geeked up high five and we're like yeah this is freaking awesome you know <laughs> keith keith is there so you know we got to experience the gila monster and you know that's the first one most of us had found mm-hmm. and so we're just all geeked up and like really excited and you know we didn't want to stress the animal out too much so after like a couple minutes of just photographing it and just being there we're like okay we need to like chill out we need to go do something else so we're just starting to disperse and like a minute before everybody else or like maybe two minutes or three minutes before everybody else i was like okay i don't want to stress this thing out i'm gonna go look for another one so i start going (laughs) up the sandstone and like really climbing in the in the same area so i didn't go all the way back to where i was but i went to another area that had like you know brushed out red rock and all this stuff and i'm climbing around and looking i got my flashlight and i'm going looking at all the crevices and everything and for those of you who don't know who nick scally is um (laughs) he is a prankster and a jokester and he likes to troll people online and so um (laughs) he he was with us on this trip and like um four minutes not even four minutes after we left that first gila monster I hear Nick go, Gila! And I was like, this fucking guy is trolling us right now. And I was like, that's such a shitty thing to do. Why would he do that to me? I'm going to get excited. There's not a Gila monster. And I didn't even, I didn't move. I just kept looking around. And then I heard him go again, Gila! Oh my God, it's another one. And another person was like, two in one day and i was like are you kidding me right now so i take off back over to the same here like maybe 40 feet away from where the first one was boom there's another one right there like what are the odds that's awesome and nick was the one who found it too and i was like Ah, you! Oh, I'm gonna angrily shake my fist at you right now. Oh man, was I mad? I was like, oh, Nick found. I mean, yes, I'm so glad that he found one. I'm so glad that we all got to see another one. But Nick, it wasn't me. (laughs) So. So Nick's all excited. He's like, yeah, you boom. There's a reason that you guys invited me on this trip. Because <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you know, Nick. Nick's into hanging out with people and everything. And he likes the reptiles and everything. But he doesn't know the Latin names. And he's not looking up the research or like where these animals are found or anything. Yeah, he went yeah, for yeah. the experience. And um, he was so geeked out that he got to find that second Gila monster. And the second one was like robust and like you could tell that that thing was eaten. That that's the that other it, reason the other one didn't look yeah, that great. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that that one was eating all the resources. The thing was jacked. It was just like mm, absolutely. And that was a Gila monster that they the guys who were with us had already found before is one that they see on a fairly regular basis oh, in that cool. area. Um, the pattern, they just recognize it. it had a certain very particular pattern to it that they recognize. Was it the one that was like more 
because I'm trying to remember the photos that you guys it had, had like posted. a chain link pattern on the back of its neck. And oh, then, okay. Like, pretty good bands down the, yeah, down the yeah, back. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, you know, we're standing around and like, boom, second Gila monster. And, you know, when we got there, when all of us were, you know, gathering our thoughts at the Airbnb before we went out the first night and like even the second night or the second day. We were like, you know, don't get too excited. Gila monsters are really rare. A lot of people who live in Utah, who field herp Utah, don't see Gila monsters like their whole life. They don't even see one. So yeah. don't like, I mean, it'd be cool if we find one, but don't let it ruin your trip if we don't find one. And then boom, one Gila, two Gila's back to back, same day, 10 minutes yeah, apart. So not awesome. even. It was crazy. Um, and the other species that they were like, yeah, don't really, you know, get excited because we probably won't see one was a speckled rattlesnake. And we found a speckled rattlesnake too. Hell like, yeah. All the stuff that they were like, you know, don't, don't, I mean, it'd be cool if we found one, but don't get excited if we don't, you know, don't, don't get too hyped because we probably yeah, won't yeah, find yeah. one. We found all those. We didn't find any of the stuff that they were like, oh, we're going to be tripping <laughs> over these things. You know, the liar snakes, the, uh, the night snakes, the, you know, um, the Pituophis, the yeah, California yeah, yeah. Uh, garters and all that's are not California garters, California <laughs> king snakes, um, you know, all that stuff. They're like, oh, we see those on a pretty regular basis. You know, we'll see 10 or 20 of them you know, throughout the night of the various different species Sheesh. total. Yeah. Um, each night. And I'm like, OK, cool. I would love to see a wild cow king. The only cow king Absolutely. we saw was dead in the road, got hit by a car. <laughs> And it was like a perfect 50 50 like, uh, black and desert white phase. desert phase cow king. Uh. Um, and it, it had got hit like probably two minutes before we got there. Oh, that but it, sucks. it was like dead, dead. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the same thing with the gopher snake. The, the only gopher snake uh, that we saw was one that got hit in the road. And we're like, oh, crap. Damn. Uh, that definitely sucks. Yeah. But it was so surreal, man. Just being in the desert with like Keith McPeak and Matt Minnetola and like a bunch of my other friends and just having a wild Gila monster right in front of you. It's just like, yeah, that's pretty freaking awesome. So mind blowing. Like <laughs> for me, like I really look up to Matt and, um, and to Keith a lot and being able to just like hang out and, and talk with them because like I, I would hang out and talk with Keith at, at the expos periodically and I'll talk to him online every now and again. Um, I love reading his posts. He always posts like really thought provoking stuff and, yeah. and stuff that gets me thinking about, you know, the hobby and the way that we keep things and, all that sort of stuff. Um, and, and Justin Julander too, just, mm -hmm. just seeing those guys and then, you know, hanging out with Matt Minnetola and I've hanged out, I've hung out with him at expos a little bit, but not really a lot. Um, but getting to like actually hang out, spend time with them downtime, you know, in a hot tub, shooting the shit, talking about snakes, you know, talking about the hobby. It was just like very humbling for me it's because your boy. it's your boy <laughs> <laughs> between Lon and, and Nick and, and Matt. They're all talking about their kids and they're like, man, they just love YouTube, man. They just, they don't watch TV. All they care about is YouTube and all these YouTubers just start out every video with it's your boy. <laughs> so that was kind of hey, a thing hey, for, the, hey, for hey. the trip. So if you see Nick Scally, make sure you tell him it's your boy. <laughs> in the house uh, amazing so man it was just so cool and then we saw wild tarantulas which was wild you know wild arizona yeah, blonde tarantulas cool. wild scorpions and um you know sage is like an incredible herper like i i knew her through the internet i hadn't met her in person mm. before um uh, but just she's like got this she's very knowledgeable she's kind of quiet but she just like she kicked ass, man. She kept right up and was hiking and, and that's photographing. Badass. That's awesome. And she was going ham, man. It was awesome. I love it. <laughs> I love that. It was cool. 
Rob had a great time. I had a great time. And, and basically what it told me was that I need to do an Arizona trip ASAP, ASAP. because yeah. I really, really, really need to see Crotalus mollosus, the blacktail rattlesnakes yes. in the wild. And I yes. really, really, really would um, love to see Crotalus willardi, the ridge-nosed rattlesnakes mm. in the wild. And those are like the, my top two favorite United States snakes period yeah and and both of them are located in arizona and the molosis are pretty easy to find the ridge nodes are not that easy to find mm-hmm. but it just means that i need to take some time and just do it i need to plan a trip i need to get out there i need to do it and one of the really cool things was that aspen had just bought this book that came out through ecoware oh yeah, yeah of yeah. uh snakes of arizona and that book oh my goodness i was thumbing through it a little bit and looking at all the different like high quality photos that they had in there of the different species and and not only did they have like good pictures of representatives of the species like the, the first one that comes to mind is like the crotalus cerub- uh oh boy cerberus uh the black rattlesnake the arizona black rattlesnake not the black tail but the all black rattlesnake all black, yeah. and most of them are like or most locales are jet black like you can mm-hmm. see a little bit of pattern but they're mostly a black rattlesnake um but they showed a bunch of different localities in there where they were not black, where they were like tan with black markings on them or, or a gray wash on them. And like all these different locales that did not look like what you would think that species looks like. And they did that with like each species as they were going through the book. And I was just like so geeked out. And I was like, this book is amazing. Hell yeah. And I bought it before I left. I was like, <laughs> I went on EcoWare's website and I was like, I need this book. It's $55. I don't care. I need it. And I bought it <laughs> because it has so much good information in there. And I Absolutely. just want to read through all the species that I want to see while I'm in Arizona, see their distribution yeah. maps and really just like. It's also super rare to find a book that not only has good photos of the the particular species, but of the locality variations. Mm-hmm. That's so that's a ma- that's I've a massive thing. That shows right the there. the locality differences of, of the same species, and there's like a couple of really awesome pictures of like rattlesnakes eating birds, or there's one that caught a um a chuckwalla, and the thing the chuckwalla that it was swallowing was like four times as big around as this rattlesnake, but it was at it like halfway <laughs> down his throat. So there's like, you see this like little tiny rattlesnake head and you can see the fangs. And then all of a sudden you see this giant Chuck Walla body <laughs> sticking out of its mouth. And I was like, man, that's so amazing. That's, that's so cool. Ridiculous. Yeah. I was so geeked. And I was like, okay, I need this. I need this book so I can read through it because <laughs> I'm so excited for that. Hell but yeah. It was just such an experience. And then, uh, you know, Justin Julander is out there with us and, um, you know, looking at the different species and he's watching me like temp gunning things. And he's like, what's he doing at the, the day that we went out and we we're looking for tortoises. And I was yeah. like, well, I'm, you know, I'm just curious. And he's like, are you like doing research? Are you writing a paper? And I was like, no, I'm not writing a paper. I'm just curious for me. And he's like, are you writing down the data? And I was like, what am I going to write down the data? Or like, I'm, if I was going to, for me in my mind, if I was going to use this data in a useful way, I would have to be there like for a month straight, just recording data yeah, at different yeah, yeah. times on a specific species, looking at them all day throughout the day, where they're going, what they're doing, temp gunning them the whole time and the environment and all that sort of stuff. And for me, it was just something that I was curious about to see what temperatures these animals are moving around in, uh, what their body temperature is doing uh, at the various times that we're finding them Mm -hmm. and, and seeing what it is. Because like I said, um, when I talk to people who are keeping various, you know, unusual species, their starting point is they look up a, uh, weather.com for whatever country or whatever you know yeah. 
location that they're thinking of the animals from. And then they're setting their thermostats to that temperature when in reality, most of the time, you know, during the day in the desert, none of the reptiles are out or doing anything. So like when it's, when it's 110 degrees outside, they are not sitting outside going, ah, yes, 110 110. degrees. They're like, shit, where's the 85? They are (laughs) in a burrow someplace that's 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 degrees cooler than the surface temperature or the air temperature outside. And so if you were just going by, oh, well, you know, I keep an Arizona blacktail rattlesnake in the area where they're found, it gets 110 degrees. So I'm going to make the enclosure 110 degrees. The animal's probably not going to be happy because it's not living in a generalized habitat. It's finding a micro habitat, you know, a, a micro area where it's going to stay in a more comfortable range. And the only way for you to know what, these animals are actually doing is to go there and see it. Mm-hmm. It's as simple to. as that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's different ways that we can look at how we keep the animals and adjust our care to how's the way I want to word this to how we see the animal adjusting. So if you see your mm. bearded dragon has got its mouth open and it's gaping, that usually means they're too hot. Uh, if you've got your temperatures at 140 degrees, maybe it's too hot for your bearded dragon. You need to tone it down a little bit. Right, if, right, and right. if it's if it's sitting out and basking for a minute and then hiding the whole rest of the 24 hours that of your day, it's probably not good. Yeah. Um, you got to kind of find that happy medium where they might go bask for an hour or two, or even just 30 minutes, get a little bit of energy, move around. Uh, you know, they're not hiding, but they're still you know active. They're still active, right? And then they might go bask for another 30 minutes or an hour or so, and then maybe go hunting and looking for food. You know, they're, they're, you got to find that happy medium of where the animals are because one of the things that I think of is like blood pythons and short tails. Like people <laughs> in the 80s and 90s and even the early 2000s, people were keeping them at like 95 degrees. They're like, oh, on Sumatra, it's 97 degrees today. So let's keep our blood pythons at 97 degrees. And they are just miserable yeah. <laughs> because the blood pythons generally are not going to be sitting out in the – um in the sun, they're not going to be just sitting there baking at whatever the air temperature is, or even the surface temperature. They're usually hiding in a swampy, wet area where it's going to be 20, 30 degrees cooler. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, like I keep most of my bloods and short tails on ambient temperature at like 82 degrees. And yeah. I usually don't even do much of a hot spot for them. And they do really great at that, like 82. And then a nighttime drop down into the 70s is fine as long as they get that like warm during the daytime. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've seen that the animals are less prone to the anxiety or the nervousness they're not like uncomfortable because when people used to keep them in the 80s and 90s they were like oh man blood pythons are evil Evil. they just like flip out and lose their shit it's because (laughs) the animals were uncomfortable they did not like being at 90 degrees they had all this extra energy that they had to burn off somehow and when you know big scary you know person comes grabs them out of this container they gotta (laughs) burn off that energy and they they're scared and they're cooped up so they're gonna you know burn that off and i think that it plays a role in the greater you know how we keep things just just to experience some of those things even if it's not the species that we keep and justin was like dude you should write a paper you should like write down this data and like write a paper about this the tortoises and the temperatures that you're seeing them at and all these for me, I would just want to take more time. I would need a giant sample size of different individual animals at different sizes and different times of the day. And literally we saw tortoises for one, like we went looking for tortoises specifically for one day for like four hours. Yeah. So that to me just like, wasn't, wasn't enough. enough. Hey, me, do that. I'm just saying 
If it was enough for the U.S. Geological Survey. Oh. <laughs> True, though. <laughs> Fuck those guys. I'm going on record right now to say it. <laughs> Bunk science. I think four hours is all you need, Rob. Even, I don't even know if they did that much. Yeah, no. It was one of the uh, finger, finger in the mouth, hold yeah. it up in the air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yep, okay, I got it. It's not going to rain today. Yeah. <laughs> there's no breeze uh, yeah uh so that man that that it was just Hell like yeah, so incredible you know getting to hang out with justin like i didn't i've never met justin Newlander before mm. um and his wife heidi was with him and um you know i'd never met sage in person before but i knew pretty much everybody else and had met them at least once and just getting to hang out and talk reptiles and you know i feel like it you know, at an expo, you can do that for a little bit, but you don't want to, you know, if somebody's vending, like Matt would always be vending Hamburg. So yeah. I wouldn't want to take up his time so you can deal with customers and sell stuff because that's kind of what you're there at the expo there for. Um, just getting on, you know, a chill way to just experience, you know, just talking reptiles and not any mm-hmm. pressure and hanging out in a hot tub and everybody's having a good time. We're cooking on the grill, you know, making burgers and chicken and, you know, just hanging out and just having a good time. It was, it was very yeah. much needed because I don't get to do that very often. Um, I usually don't take vacations ever. So it was very, very worth it and really lights a fire under my ass to get to Arizona because I need to see more rattlesnakes. <laughs> but but let me, to give you an idea of how cool it was for me, because after like the third or fourth Great Basin rattlesnake, they were like, okay, we've seen the Great Basin rattlesnakes. We need to see something different. I was still like, yeah, rattlesnake. This is awesome. <laughs> Before I had gone there on this trip, the last time I saw a wild rattlesnake was probably ten years ago, almost Damn. ten years, almost ten years ago. Damn. Because they're all endangered up here in New England, that where we're true. from, and I generally don't go to the areas where they're found because I just don't want to disturb them all that much. Yeah. Uh, with with a few numbers that they have, and then they always have park rangers patrolling, and they'll you know yeah, arrest yeah, yeah. you for harassing endangered wildlife. So I don't even go out to those areas anymore. So it had been almost a decade since I saw a live you know wild rattlesnake before. So just even just seeing the little baby rattlesnakes that we found that first night i was just so geeked so excited (laughs) and then the big one that we found oh let me tell you i really i know that we're running on time but yeah 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 the um the big rattlesnake that we found so that day that we had found the big great basin rattlesnake we were actually looking for mountain king snakes pyromelena oh (laughs) if you found pyros i would have lost my fucking shit so (laughs) aspen and chris told us like as soon as we got out there they're like look guys this has not been the best herping that we've had. Usually we see way more species by this time of the year. We've had a real drought recently and they haven't had rain in a couple months. So a lot of the stuff they usually see has not been out, has not mm. been on the move. They haven't seen the variety of different species that they usually see. They haven't seen the numbers of animals that they usually see. And so they're like, we're going to hit some spots, hoping for this, hoping for that. As we go, we'll figure it out and all this sort of stuff. And when we got to the Arizona mountain King snake or the mountain King snake, um location it was just hot lots of elevation climbing and um we didn't even see lizards like we we only saw like maybe two or three lizards the whole time which like if you're out there looking for snakes you want to see their food items out there too so looking for lizards is important and as we're climbing up we're just getting higher and higher in elevation and we're just not seeing anything no food no real places for them to drink water um 
you know, not a lot of great areas for them to bask. The area was mm -hmm. a little bit overgrown and this, that, and the other thing. And so we're like, oh man, we're get, starting to get tired because we've been road cruising the night before and, and moving around and doing this and doing that. And so, you know, we kind of decided to call it and we're all going to head back to the cars and, you know, we'll try road cruising that night and see what we can find. And so we get back to the cars and we're just like, you know, kind of a little discouraged. And I started walking around the lower area, just looking for stuff. And I'm like, not finding anything, no lizards. Yeah. No, all the nothing. stuff you would want. No birds, yeah. nothing. And so everybody's getting in the cars and I'm like the last every, the whole story of this trip was everybody's getting ready to leave. And then I'm a half mile away because I was just like, I need to find something just <laughs> grasping at straws, <laughs> looking for anything that I could potentially find. And so, um, we all got back in the car or the two cars because we traveled together in two cars and Aspen's driving our car. So it's me, Nick, Lon and Aspen in that, in that truck. Mm -hmm. And so we're taking off down the dirt road to get back, to head back to the Airbnb and Keith, Teresa, Sage, Chris, and Matt. Matt Minnetola are all in the other car. And so they're behind us. We're cruising, trucking right along. And as we get from the dirt road onto the main paved road, there is a big, and I'm talking really, really big spiny lizard, the Scaloporus, uh, in the middle of the road, like a big one, like the size of a small bearded dragon. The thing was oh, massive. It was like probably like eight inches long. The thing was shit. huge, like big enough where I could see it from a distance away. Yeah. And like they're fast as heck. Like they're you mm -hmm. generally are not going to be able to catch them. They're just stupid fast. And so we're in, the, we're, you know, Aspen's driving pretty quick and he like hits his brakes a little bit. And the second that he touches his brakes, it like takes off into Gone. the side brush. And so we're like, Oh crap. Like maybe we could pull over and like try and catch it, but they're so fast. It's probably already gone. So we just kept going. And all of us in the car are talking about, man, that, that spiny lizard was huge. Did you see the size yeah, of it? It was yeah, yeah. massive. It was just this giant, lizard in the middle of the road and then all of a sudden we see the cars behind us boom whip over to the side of the road and we're like they really pulled over for that spot i mean it was a big spiny lizard but like and then we're like oh well keith really didn't get to see any like of the spiny lizards when we were out hiking the other day he didn't really see any of this oh yeah, we're like, yeah, yeah maybe they they wanted to just like see if they could get a picture of it on the side of the road and uh, all of a sudden aspen's phone starts ringing and he pulls over to the side of the road and picks it up and it's Chris, and he's going, you didn't see the giant rattlesnake on the side of the road? And we're all like, a rattlesnake on the side of the road? What are you <laughs> talking about? And so we, like, whip back around, pull back up, and there's, like, a four-and-a-half-foot Great Basin rattlesnake just oh, chilling shit. there. And we're like, how did we miss that? What the hell is going <laughs> on right now? We were so distracted by that spiny lizard yeah. that – we didn't see the giant rattlesnake sitting Damn. right there because we were just like, we saw the lizard and we're like, wow, that lizard went fast. And we're all like looking at the lizard yeah. driving right past the rattlesnake. Damn. And so the, and, you know, <laughs> everybody hops out of the cars. We're all like taking pictures of this rattlesnake. And it was just like, it was pretty chill. And every now and again, it would like hop forward a little bit just to like, go, Hey, don't, don't mess with me. I'm still yeah, tough. Yeah. You know, don't mess with me. I'm cool. <laughs> and, uh, but for the most part, I didn't really even strike. It was just like, you know, I'm over you guys. Leave me alone. And it was like right on the edge of a neighborhood too. So we like sat around, you know, take pictures of it a little bit and then, you know, sent it on its way. And it was just like so cool to just see this like big rattlesnake. And that's the Fuck only yeah. snake that we really saw during the daytime. Everything else we saw at nighttime, the speckled rattlesnake, mm. uh, glossy snake, the king snake, the 
the gopher snakes, all the other rattlesnakes, everything was at nighttime. Mm. When it's like 70 Hell degrees yeah, outside. Dude. Fuck yeah. I'm so, all amped now. And it was now, a good trip. I, now I need to go field herping. Yeah. But it was like, <laughs> we were looking uh, uh, for like a whole bunch of different stuff. But because it was so dry, we saw like very yeah. few of the things that we were looking for. We had some really good hikes, really great conversation. And that's really what it boiled down to was just getting to spend time getting with these hang. like really great people and, yeah. and just bounce ideas off of them and, and try and see where, where everybody was at when it comes to, you know, just what they're keeping, what their season's looking like and all this different stuff. And it was, it was really humbling just getting to spend that time with some people, you know, outside of my regular bubble mm-hmm. and, and just see where everybody's at. And man, I need to go feel therapy again. Hell yeah. I need to do it. Absolutely. So excited. I didn't even talk about finding scorpions or tarantulas or that speckled <laughs> rattlesnake. Maybe we'll have to do a different episode some other time. Hell but yeah. Man, oh, it was such a great time. You know, thank you so much to all those people who invited me along and, and allowed me to come. I was, I'm very grateful because that was just like, I'll remember that. I remember the last night before we left um, when we were road cruising, we were out in the middle of nowhere on this highway mm-hmm. road. And, um, we just come hiking down from this like limestone rock face where we had found the speckled rattlesnake the night before. And we had saw like a tarantula and some scorpions and stuff. And as we're out there, I'm just like standing there, just like looking up into the sky and like out into the distance. And you could just see like just the silhouettes of the mountains in the distance. And the air is just so like crisp and um, it's quiet. Just like really, really, really quiet. Besides mm-hmm. us, you know, walking around, the like eerily quiet. And I just sat there for a minute and just like really just like took it all in. And I was like, man, this was like just an awesome trip. It was so cool. Hell yeah, dude. Just really cool. Hell yeah. Good time. That's awesome. freaking awesome, dude. Hell yeah. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that you went because I remember when you were first telling me that you're like, ah, I don't know. If, yeah, I was like, I don't uh, know if I can take the time uh, off. Yeah, and I'm like, work and you put that in that time <laughs> off request in right now, right now, and you I will it. approve it. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He did it. I did. I did. So hell yeah, dude! I'm happy that you got to go and and have such a great time. It looked freaking wonderful. Yes. And I'm, Arizona, I'm, I may next. be a, a sliver jealous that I wasn't there with you, but you know, that I'll come dude, with you to we Arizona saucy of you there i mean it would have been something else i mean yeah (laughs) oh my goodness oh man that would have been debauchery we we can't talk about yeah no we gotta yeah no no, that's an off-camera that's off yeah (laughs) oh jeremy people want to find out more about you where are they gonna go they're gonna go right here on youtube at brass man reptiles uh i have some video stuff i need to get together from uh bhb and the reptarium so you can check that out soon uh instagram facebook at brassman reptiles twitter at brassman rep and uh yeah that's it how about you rob uh if you want to find out more about me and the things that i'm doing check me out on instagram at rob is creeping it real i'm on tiktok kind of a little bit uh <laughs> rob is creeping it real and then on twitter it's rob is creeping 
So, man, this has been a cool episode. Hell yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Uh, if you liked some of the, our episodes, share them with somebody. We appreciate Please. all the people who have been sharing our stuff on social media, uh, tagging us in, in your posts. You know, I've seen a bunch of people who are cleaning their reptile rooms, listening to Reptile Talk. That's always yeah, super cool to me. Yeah, we seriously appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts is super important. It yes. kind of pushes us up when people look for Reptile Podcasts. They'll find us sooner, which is cool. And then make sure you check out some of the other people who are doing podcasts, too, because absolutely they're doing some cool stuff, too. Absolutely. All right, guys, that wraps this up next week. I don't know what's happening next week, we'll but figure it out. we'll be here next week yep. talking with someone. But we'll we're, we're, we're not sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everybody. See ya.